Hey guys, welcome to our favorite things podcast and welcome to our favorite reads. My name is Mofi and I will be your host for today for this podcast episode. And with me is my co-host. Tiasa, <laughs> hey y'all. So just a little bit about our fave reads. Our fave reads is uh, kind of like a summer series where we pick a couple of we pick four three to four books that we read each month over the summer and then we podcast about it so we kind of do like a book book club um episode about it mm-hmm. um yeah and to keep connected to see what books we're reading um y'all should follow us on our social media on twitter we are at our faith pods and on instagram as well and rate review subscribe on apple Podcasts and wherever else you find your podcast i recently just found out that we're on google play or something gosh i'm so terrible. Oh, there you go so but there you, you go google play yeah so, then... so people that say they, they don't know where to find us we're in many places so check us out over there yes well yes um I, I don't know if you're going to mention it but we will announce the winner of our giveaway okay on our social media platforms so okay find us there. right so Thank for you for y'all who do, who didn't know we did a giveaway um on instagram for for someone to win a book um i forget what the name of the book is right now <laughs> Things are good now. Things, yes, things are good now by Jamila Ibrahim, and we're going to announce that on our social media. It pro- you might be listening to this later, but even if you are, go check out, go check it out, and check out who won. Okay, so going into this week's or this month's uh, discussion, we read Queenie by Candice Carter Williams, mm-hmm. and um, we're just going to talk about it. I, I I thought that we should do it more informally. But we have questions that we're going to go along, but I'm just going to lead Tessa and I in the yeah. conversation. So, awesome. the first question is, uh, Tessa, what were your first impressions when you started reading the book? Um, okay, so I'm, my first impressions is going to be like maybe for the first 20% of the book. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I started off, I found it like kind of, it started off feeling like a lot, mm-hmm. like there was there was a lot going on, and I was like, you know, trying to figure out where the story was going, type of thing. Yeah. Um, and it also started out a little bit like she was flipping back and forth, you know. And I was listening to mm-hmm. the audio book, so I, you know, I would have to be intentional about like paying attention to what when it switched. So right, yeah. That, you know, that was my, my first impression. So I maybe might use the word chaotic a little mm-hmm. bit to describe my first impressions. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I felt the same way, actually. When I was reading it, it I, I just felt like, I guess in retrospect, because I was trying to really understand what I didn't connect with. Mm-hmm. And it felt just, it didn't feel focused for me. Like, I was reading yes. it and I was like okay this is what's happening here okay this is what's happening here like i didn't feel like i understood what the focus of the story is mm-hmm. and i wonder 
And when I was trying to like think about that, um, maybe slightly more critically, like I wonder if that's just because of the types of books that, like we're used to and how we're like, used to stories mm-hmm. being told and such. Like mm-hmm. I don't know any particular way that you know what the storyline is and you go from there. Um, yeah. But but it definitely had an impact. So I was like, what what's happening? What's going on? Who's, exactly. who's, who's this? <laughs> exactly. I think I think the I I mean obviously now we finished the book so we know kind of why the beginning was the way it was in a sense yeah i still think it could have been structured a little bit better like it mm-hmm. wasn't bad um because you know uh, like absolutely. i said you get to, yeah you get to the end and you you understand but yeah it could have been structured a little bit better i definitely agree i yeah. I, agree, I agree with that um yeah. there was something that uh, oh and one more thing i wanted to say and this might be a queen like the whole book entirely but it felt mm-hmm. like it was just conversations like all like everything in the book just felt like it was conversations between people we didn't or i i i didn't feel like i had i i got a lot of like commentary or like mm-hmm. some like like from the author like understanding what what the author's uh although kind i did i although i didn't know i think i understood her point of view as a whole mm-hmm. but like in certain instances i couldn't really like read who the author is i guess um, yeah I think I agree with you but maybe I might I might skip the author and say I was maybe struggling sometimes to fully like get the characters mm. I feel like Queenie is maybe the only character one of the only characters where I felt like okay like I could I felt some depth more a lot more depth to Queenie than yeah. maybe the other characters surrounding her people just kind of seem to be dropped in at little points and i don't know if that was intentional right. but um like you said it just it then sometimes just felt like okay what was the point of this conversation mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it, where where was it going where is it leading what's it trying to tell us yeah um, not all the conversations of course but yeah why do you think uh i guess because i'm assuming it must have been intentional or, or maybe that's the author style of writing but why do you think that was done in this way, or even the story, or, or even how Queenie was, how the story was written. Why do mm-hmm. you think the author wrote it this way? Honestly, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've been trying it because, like, Queenie for me is unique in the sense that and maybe I've just, it doesn't mean there isn't any other book like it, I just haven't read it. Um, in this writing style, and I am still trying to wrap my head around it. Um, I don't know if maybe the author was, she was kind of just writing more, she was thinking about her life or like her experiences and she was just writing, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that, like, it makes a lot of sense, but like, I don't know. Like there was a conversation in her, like some, some, some part of the book was inspired by like some scenario that has happened Mm -hmm. and like she just wrote that part into her book. Yeah. You know? Yeah. that that's kind of what it felt like that and and so at first okay there was two points that just came to my head did you read like the bridget jones book because people seem to compare queenie okay, to yeah, this people were comparing it to bridget jones some people really agreed with this some people didn't i have not read bridget jones oh. Oh. couldn't help you we'll oh. say it's not like americana though because there was that comparison yeah like, it's definitely not like americana um <laughs> So that was the first thing. That was the first thing that I, I wanted to talk about, but you haven't read any other advice. So, um, yeah. And the other thing is that I think 
So this book, because sometimes in, in, in writing or in literature, you you see like glimpses of, of a character's person because the author like yes. thinks certain things that they want to talk about or they want to focus on. In a character yes. with Queenie, it seemed like the author wanted to focus on a lot of aspects of Queenie. Yes. And 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 I think obviously it was intentional like she wasn't not but but that was what that's that's what it felt like for me and and I see value in that to an extent because when we talk about like being black women men mm-hmm. a lot of times I guess people haven't really people haven't seen like all the many facets a lot of times Mm -hmm. that impact who a black woman is we don't get to see many shades of black womanhood it's not one thing but with like a lot of white characters just because we've seen so many white mainstream characters we see very variations of whiteness that's very Um, very true so i i i see the value in in her like putting all of these things in one because many of us are all of these things in one person, you know, yep. but we got to yep. read it. And for me, I, I didn't really like it to be like on, on that aspect. But like as a book, I'm so glad I'm glad I read it. I'm glad it was chosen for book club because if not, I probably would not have finished it. I probably it. would not have finished it. Because um, it's just not types of book I typically read. But I'm really glad because I think this type of work is also very, very valid and important in literature. I... I I 100% agree with you and honestly that is part of the reason I really enjoyed Queenie because I was kind of getting frustrated because I'm like does she have to talk about Black Lives Matter does she have to um, talk about I don't know it seemed like trying to fit too many things into one but then I was also like um, yeah this is my life <laughs> so I <can't laughs> my damn life <laughs> all these all these things I literally think about the conversations I have with Mofi on the daily, and I'm just like, that's what this book looks like. Yeah. Like, so I really appreciate Candice kind of, I, I really think she did an amazing job of capturing that, like, modern day mm-hmm. like experience like for her to be writing about a 25 year old and I'm like, I can mother freaking relate. Yeah. Yeah, I was I'm going like, to. Yeah. I, I was actually going to bring that up as. Oh, I think I wrote it. I can't remember. I can't find it in my questions, but maybe I didn't put it. But I was going to bring up that. Like, what did you? I guess how did you connect with that story, especially being twenty five and black, and maybe living like living in America, although she was living in in the UK, and all and of these the parallels that are so similar. Yeah, I honestly that was one of my. I think that was one of the only like. One of the not only one of the few notes I took down from the book, I really I wrote down. I was like, "We are all Queenie. <laughs> Queenie is me. I'm Queenie. I mean, maybe not to certain extremes, but like I can relate with the just like the rampant misogyny, the racist comments, the talking over people, the assuming that you're angry because you're calling out something that is important to you that impacts your life, mm-hmm. telling people not to touch your hair. Yeah. Like I love how she was like the only people that are allowed to touch my hair are my hairdresser. I mean that's yeah. it. Period. Period. Um I could relate to, you know, like being wanting to do better at your job or wanting to be in a position where you feel more like respected or you know wanting to just improve yourself and also wanting to find time to hang out with your friends Mm -hmm. like helping Mm -hmm. them do their hair like i don't all of these things are so relatable and i freaking loved it i was like yeah "Yeah, this is pretty much my life being written down in a book Mm -hmm. yeah yeah her family 
her like her relationship with her boyfriend mm-hmm. um i even think something that really like stood out to me was almost this like existential breakdown that queenie had yeah. like that i think that was almost the whole that was like the premise of the book when you think about it mm-hmm. you're reading about a 25 year old black woman that's doing all of these things in her life like she she's she's in a relationship so like her like she's doing that she's working she's a full-time person she's working she's Mm -hmm. earning money and and all of these things are happening and she had and she had a breakdown like something happened and 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 especially when you put in mental health and especially as black girls as black women from from a very young age we've had to just grow up and yeah. shitty things are happening around us, happening to us, but we're just pushing. And they yeah. get they gets to be a point in some in many or in some of our lives where shit hits the fan, and you're like, what the fuck? And you can't push anymore. <laughs> you can't, and you can't. And 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 I and I, I relate strongly with that. And and seeing how Candace just wants to to emphasize that and and mm. say and and highlight these things i think it's very important that's the premise of her story anybody that's yep. writing bridget jones meets americana nah son nah you, like that's what's misleading because because we're not reading it from that lens that from wow this is this black woman's life thank you this will and now and i'm going to just go a little bit off on a tangent here but this is why i didn't like the description of the novel so i yeah. finished reading the book um and i hadn't read the description beforehand right um, so i finished reading the book i went to read the description and i was like this description is shit like it's absolutely <laughs> trash it does not do justice to the book it's just comparing it to other things comparing it to other authors it does you know describing some ways but as a whole the actual description on like goodreads or amazon or something to me does not really capture what this book is about yeah and you go into it with the idea of the description if you read it and that's not what you get not saying that what you don't get isn't something good but like it's reminding me of kind of like marrow thieves where you're like you have to read the book for what it is and not for what it was described to be mm-hmm yeah. But no, not but actually, but at your point, I think that's because the the descriptions they're mostly written in the mind for a white audience, so they're trying to capture them. Because as black people, that was not how. As, as that's what I'm saying. As a black woman, I I read it differently. That was that's not how I would want that book to be described to me because it's different. But for a white mm-hmm. audience, they they like. They want Bridget Jones and Bridget Jones meets Americana meets because Americana. those are the most like. Anyways, so you're like, what is the most popular book about like oh black women's experience yeah. and you know that might also be Af- yeah, Americana. Yeah. So let's compare it to that. I don't but, know. I don't But think... such a great point on who we think even as when, when it's a black a book written by a black author with black characters, who we still want the receiving audience to audience be because people are not thinking of the black audience as the audience as the market so they write bullshit they talk up they say bullshit but that's not what this book is y'all should respect queenie actually yeah and y'all should y'all should respect queenie yeah yeah it reminds me very because i went to watch a tony morrison documentary and it reminds me just very fondly of that where she was like i don't because they were critiquing her that like she doesn't include white people in her books and she's like mm-hmm. and 
like I write for like I write for me I write for us and let's be honest what do we get the most of like why are you guys so stressed that I wouldn't include white people in my book they're like oh it's not a realistic society right because it doesn't have the view of white people and it's not from the point of it's not their point of view it's not white gays it's literally just a black person writing about black experience in a world in some of her books i think in a world where she imagines that it's only be black people anyway my point is that we need to rethink how we market all these things and all this media because sometimes like it just doesn't do the the novels justice mm-hmm. that's all i'm gonna say mm-hmm. okay so speaking of did you like Queenie? Like, okay, now we've praised the book and all of these things. But as you were reading it all, I mean, and some people don't necessarily relate, like, emotions to characters mm. that they're reading, so I don't even know if that's a thing for you. But if it is, um, did you feel like you liked her? I actually felt like I liked her. I'm not going to lie. She was, like, hella funny. She's sarcastic <laughs> AF, which I can still relate to. And... Yeah, she's just she just speaks her mind. I really liked her. Get further into the book, she gets frustrating as hell. Mm-hmm. But like I guess it's however she's infuriating and if she was my friend I'd be infuriated. So <laughs> but I still like her. Yeah. Just be like, bitch, you're making bad decisions, stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did yeah. not I did not like her. Like some things yeah. I was like, Oh Queen, what are you up to? But like mm. Like, what are you doing, sis? Like, Please sis. stop. <laughs> I was also like, good sis, live your life, man. <laughs> okay, you know what? I started off as good sis, live your life, and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Really, it's in, really, it's really It's true. It's this is true. not healthy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, oh, I was going to ask you a question. Kind of in relation to that, but then I lost my train of thought. Oh, okay. I was like speaking of characters that you liked or didn't like. Were there any characters that you did not like? <sighs> I really, really hated um, the characters of. I hated Cassandra like with a huge passion. I hated Tom. I actually like. I not only hated Tom as a character. Like I just hated that he was even in the book. Yeah. That book could have done without him. I but think so. That. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Oh, I hated Tom so much. I hated Tom a lot. Um, I really hated Adele. I really hated Guy. Mm, yeah. I really hated Ted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I hated all the guys that Queenie was in relationship yeah, with. Thinking I hated about all the guys. Now. Yeah, and I'm, I was low-key pissed off at Candice for biting in so many trash men. Unless, like, Candice, come on. Yeah. I get it, but I'm like, sis. Yeah. Okay, let's let's. These guys I, are fully trash. I think we should just go into that and talk about um, talk about just I guess what you started talking on the the men in Queenie's lives or even how Candice wrote it, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, I just there was so much like th- she wasn't just making bad decisions as in you know guys that would like stand her up on a date or something like these were people who were legitimately like violating this mm-hmm. woman over sexualizing fetishizing just like basically seeing her as a walking object of their desire and it was interesting to see how she acknowledged that but it didn't change her decisions mm-hmm. anyway that's aside i really i really find it i find it annoying first of all that 
she, there wasn't just like one like no like right normal person in the mix. Like, was it necessary for all the men to have been that bad? Right, right. Like exaggeratedly. No, this no, there are men like this out there, and I've enjoyed they are, like this out sure. there. But like, yeah, in every single man, did did all of them have to be trash? Or trash like that. Because there's still men that are pretty, like, not like that. But they're still mm. trash that present themselves. Yeah. And, and they do trash things, too. So, um, yeah. yeah. But, me, but maybe that like... was Tom. Maybe that was Tom, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's another problem. If the best guy Candice could write for Queenie was Tom, then I don't understand. But maybe I also I don't also know if maybe the point was to be like at the end of the day she doesn't like really need a man type of thing. Oh. I don't know if I got that. I feel like yeah. I didn't get that. I didn't get up that, until the yeah. end of the book she was still trying to go on dates and <laughs> like I was like, why is why is her healing tied to being able to go on a date? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was okay. a lot, although her work was very intertwined in this book, but maybe, did you feel like there was a lot more focus on the, on her relationship with men? Way too much focus. That, yeah. that was like, that would have been one of the things that made me dock a couple of arbitrary points on a rating mm-hmm. scale for this book. It was just way too focused on romantic relationships. And I was just like, we're seeing this multifaceted girl. Mm-hmm. But still, eighty percent of her problem is relationship. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. I was like, the work thing. Sometimes it just even felt like, honestly, work felt most serious when it came to the whole thing about Ted mm-hmm. and her actually like being suspended or whatever. Mm-hmm. Before that, it just felt like it was just kind of thrown in there. Meanwhile, to Queenie, like from Queenie's point of view, it seemed like work was something that she... important, yeah. 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 It's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. When... Yeah. It could have been a little bit more, like... And and that's another thing that I wonder. So, as a whole, like, I praise the concept of what Queenie is. In the the writing and the storytelling, that's where, like, I'm like... "Mm." (laughs) But I wonder, so this book... Is this supposedly written for a young adult audience, or or was is it is it just like? Are we young adult? No, you know, like why in now, like for for. Huh. I don't think so. Right, because it's very. <laughs> no, please. Jennifer <laughs> just killed me. It starts out seeming like it could be for a young adult audience, right? And it gets it gets hella convoluted and like deep. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, maybe anyways, yeah. So so that that I agree with that. That was um yeah. it felt a lot and I was like, could this be written in a different way? Still have the same tenants, but like could we could we get deeper about Queenie or could we just mm-hmm. see more like she she's mm-hmm. doing okay. She has like a a job and stuff, but anyways. She has a job, she's fine. <laughs> she's fine. No, you're right. You're, you're so right. I actually wish we explored a little bit more her relationship with her mom mm-hmm. and that background. Um, I don't think we... Which was so like, important. That was such a pivotal point of Queenie's whole life, essentially. And we spent time talking more about Ted than knowing about her mom and her relationship with her mom. And Tom. Like, and I can't Tom. believe how much we spoke about Tom. Okay, I think we should, we should talk about yeah. Tom. Yeah, let's talk about Tom. I think we should do it. Okay, so first of all, one of the things that you had asked me was like, 
like oh the tom explicitly said that he wanted a breakup why do you think that and i think it was i think it was intentional because at the end queenie was like wait like there was a point where she also realized that okay this whole thing was ambiguous and so like what did you think about that honestly it just seemed like it was there for it to be another thing that queenie had to deal with like she you know and it it wasn't it had no depth to it yeah. It literally just felt like, you know, like, it could have been any other thing. Do you understand? Like, that's how that's how um, unattached I was to it. It could have just been any other situation that Queenie had to deal with. Mm-hmm. And for this, for this supposedly long-term relationship, I think I should have felt more than that. Yeah. So, yeah. Tom really just felt like, I don't know what analogy to use, but... Like, Tom, the way his character... I I absolutely agree with what you just said. The way his character was written, the way the story was, I was just irritated by all of it all. I agree that maybe one day we could have just, like, been reading Queenie talking about Tom. Like, wow, can you imagine? Blah, blah, blah. End of story. Because that's what he did. That's what the relationship was. They were together, and then one day he broke up with her, and and all of a sudden... So we could have just read about it in one line or something. In literally <laughs> one line. He did not need to be the backbone of her freaking, like, he did not have to be the reason why she spiraled out of control. I'm sorry. Because it honestly then, you know, it made me even more frustrated with Queenie because I was like, who? Oh, Tom, oh. <laughs> See, even if he was, like, I, I don't mind if he was the reason. I just don't, I just, I'm just mad that we had to read a lot of their interactions. Right. Because, like, we didn't need to see it because nothing happened. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It didn't add anything. Even when they kept going back to, like, show when they had conflict and things like that. I hated those parts. I didn't hate them. I didn't enjoy those parts because, for me, they were really not adding anything to my experience. There was so much, there's so much, so many more, so many other scenarios that added yeah. way more to the book than anything that had to do with Tom. Mm-mm, I didn't like that. <laughs> um, oh, Tom was so annoying. Tom, Tom, Tom could have been Mr. A. Like, Tom, like, he could have been a nameless... Okay, <laughs> so did Tom represent anything to you? So, I wrote... So, I had initially said nothing, <laughs> but... But I actually think he represents the one person in Queenie's life where she felt, the one place in Queenie's life where she felt stability. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one place where she finally felt like accepted and like loved. And then showing how she dealt with that because it seemed like she couldn't even handle that. Pro- not even, but she couldn't handle that properly. Yeah. And, you know, that was something that she, whether she knew it or not, was sabotaging because... She's just not really had that. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was the usefulness of Tom. Anything else I don't want to hear because if that's not it, then he shouldn't have been in the book. <laughs> yeah. I found I found how Tom, like, like going off of your point of stability for Queenie and essentially even just the process in which Tom became stability for Queenie, it was mm-hmm. almost like, like there was a part where she said to... Um, Tom, like your family is what your family should be, and and when yeah. and when you make those, sometimes mm. when people make those connections of like, 
how black families are and how white families are, there's almost mm-hmm. this assumption that one is better than the other, better. especially mm-hmm. in really and and on some level, some things, some characteristics might be depending on even the context. But when people see things like, oh, I could always tell my mom to shut up, or I could always like disagree with my mom, um, yeah, so, <laughs> things like that, <laughs> um, and other and other aspects. I just found it interesting that the or not found it interesting, but if I'm looking at Queenie as a character, um, sometimes we we as black people or whatever we draw to those idea what what we feel is ideal and especially ideal. in white people like mm-hmm. I don't know I just felt like on some level the author was trying to like draw those kind of parallels because some of the things like the way Queenie was like praising Tom or like viewing his family I was like didn't make no sense didn't make no type of sense I was like which family this Tom's racist family <laughs> racist so shit like, are you seeing something shit? I'm not seeing? But, you know, Queenie, I think she was sucked into that, like, uh, I don't know, we spend Christmas together and mm-hmm. we open presents and we drink and mm-hmm. our family doesn't drink and, you know, everybody's around, mom, dad and all of that. And, you know, yeah. it's always the grass seems looks greener on the other side on exactly. a surface level. But on a deeper level, I think is what you're saying. Until what they're you're ready saying? to, until they're ready to drop you real quick. That's mm-hmm. why these families that position themselves like they care about you and they're ready to accept you in and everything is all lovely. And then one small thing happens and they're ready to be like, oh, I don't want to see you anymore. Ooh. Because everything is all lovely and dandy while you seem like you don't seem different, right? Mm-hmm. Like everything is all lovely until someone says the N word and you're like, I can't take this. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, oh, she's that type of black. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Because up until then, there haven't been any situations that maybe would need a tough triggered anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everything is all good until the black person says, oh, I didn't really like that. And it's like, what? What? Oh, you. Oh, no, no, no. You're not supposed to have any. Like, you don't. <laughs> nothing is meant to make you feel bad. No, it's just you how can't take anything. Greg is. What yeah, the fuck? Can you imagine? Like that's just how he is. And then, oh my God, remember the part in the book where Queenie was like, "I know he didn't mean it." Like, like she was also trying to rationalize whatever nonsense racist thing Tom's family said to her. And I was like, "Sis, no, 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 no dial it back. It, it was racist. I don't care what his intention right. was. Like intentions mean nothing. It was racist. Then we can talk yeah. about intentions later." <laughs> See, the road to hell is paved with white people's good intentions. Like, like there's no like not it's not ordinary good intentions. It's only it's white people's good intentions. You all remember that plus side somewhere in your home when you're giving white people passes for their intentions. Nah, don't do that, man. Don't do that. Be the person. You know what? Call me angry. It's fine. Yeah. I'm just not going to let certain shit slide. And Tom just not being able to speak up on that shit, that's something that annoys me. Especially, like, and and, and, and this is a thing. Like, people, and but I'm going to speak in Queen's relationship, why people, people in international relationships, that like your partner is experiencing racism, cold-hearted racism, and you're just sitting there, having them be the punching bag for all of this violence. Already, they're uncomfortable. They have to, like, 
present in a very different in way. Different your way. present as hundred, maybe not as hundred percent, because there might be more basic shit you don't want to say. But your present like ninety percent, and this person has to just be there. You can't even stand up for them. What? Like I feel why? Like that's really bad. That's really bad. Like that's the one time where I want you to jump in and mansplain shit. Like <laughs> you know, just do it. Take, yeah. take over. Mansplain the shit out of my experience. Man, and why explain this shit out of my what? experience do right it, now? Do it all. But, like, speak. Especially speak when, if, when you can see. Like, depending on your dynamic, obviously. But, like, when you can see that this is what she she wanted. Especially in Queenie's context. Queenie wanted you to speak up for her, but you didn't. Anyways. Tom is a good, I beg. Tom is trash. At some point, I was feeling bad for him because he was like, oh, you know, Queenie doesn't open up and whatever, whatever. She doesn't make her feelings known. And I guess Queenie kind of confirmed that. But still, he was trash. That was just a bloody excuse. And he was trash. Tom was trash. Tom was trash. And point blank and period. Title of this episode, Tom was trash. (laughs) Nah. Nah, Tom cannot be in the title of our episode. F Tom. F Tom, jeez, this is this is almost coming too close to my heart, so we'll move on. Um, um, what was I gonna say? Okay, so another thing I wanted to talk about was Queenie's friends, cause I think they played a huge role in in Queenie's life. They did, they did. Um, I thought this was I thought like obviously the emphasis on on like your 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 group of friends, your group of female mm-hmm. friends, whomever, mm-hmm. like just your people. I thought it was really great that Candice uh, wrote this in the book this way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what did you think of of the posse? What did they call themselves again? The the Corgis. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, that may or may not be cringy, but, you know, our book club is called Best Book Club, so... <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, you guys probably didn't know that. All right. Yeah, they um, didn't know it, but I was like, short, yes, so okay, cool. Shame the entire book club on here. No, I thought it was good. I always, I really love when when authors do things like this. You know, mm-hmm. focus on community, focus on the importance of uh, importance of female friendships mm-hmm. and sh- positing those re- um, relationships in a uh, portraying those relationships in a positive light. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think most of the time we tend to just have this like ridiculous stereotype that women are always catty towards each other, and I'm just like. Yeah. Oh, most part no or not yeah <laughs> that's not this is how it works how she mm-hmm. how because how, i am um, candace wrote it um and i loved it i loved it i thought it was i thought it was really nice i really love chaska yeah like why like i guess we can talk about how which ones stood out to you which friendships stood out to you yeah chaska's friendship stood out to me just because she i don't know i, I think she was the only one who could be like who could match Queenie for like forth like speaking her mind and just mm-hmm. being like, you know, get up off the floor and get your life basically. But I also liked how like how they like their relationship together. Like tell like when they're just doing their hair together, or, like Cheska's telling her ridiculous stories. Like if that if there's a tangent that Candace went off of that was like, why is she here? I loved Cheska as well. She was just telling us about her dates and stuff. Mm-hmm. They were funny. She's funny. Yeah. I yeah. Loved I loved seeing not... her come up on the, on the page. 
yeah me too like there's so many I, I wish i wrote her quotes down because i swear i was laughing out loud walking to work listening to some things that cheska was saying so yeah i feel like everybody needs that cheska friend who's just going to make you feel better yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. um did was she was she the only black friend in the in the group was darcy black I think Cassandra is black. Nah, I think exactly. I, I had this in my notes. Is she white? But I was like, oh no, I'll take it off. I think she is. Like, just so laugh at me. And like, she look sounds... at this. I'm not sure. I'm not sure because Queenie's family is Jamaican. Isn't Cassandra her cousin or something? No, she's her friend. Yeah, Cassandra is her friend. Her cousin's name is. Cassandra. It's not Cassandra. No. Stan or something. Yeah. Cassandra is not black then. Yeah. Isn't she white? I think. She's white. She's yeah. White. Okay. Um, <laughs> she's definitely white. <laughs> um, yeah, so Cheska was the only black friend. Darcy, I think Darcy was... Come on now. Darcy was definitely white. She was Googling stuff in... Oh, yes. Yes. Sorry, I forgot who Darcy was. Yeah. 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 So definitely, yeah. there was a there was a different dynamic between um uh what's her uh, with Queenie and uh Cheska. Cheska, yeah. Because they probably were, and, and and I think there was a point in the book where Queenie was like, these women came to my life at different points. Mm-hmm. So it definitely speaks to maybe now where she's more in tune with her blackness and and wants mm-hmm. to do all the things that she and that's where Cheska came in. Um, yeah. But I guess speaking to the point that we have. Our, sometimes our friends are at different stages in our lives and they come mm-hmm. they come from different stages but what happens when you this is not necessarily what happened in Queenie in, in the book but what happens when you change and, and are those relationships still the same or still the same. what does what does yeah. that look like yeah 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 maybe people can ponder on that <laughs> um but I wanted to talk more about the girls uh, so Cassandra I think I think Cassandra needs um, a time, a, a piece of the conversation. Um, cause, cause it was significant. It was a significant part it of really the story. Was. Um, it really where, was. what's her face? Queenie was, uh, having sex with Guy and all through the same time. First of all, why was Queenie having sex with this guy? But anyways, um. That guy was the worst. He, he was, was just absolute, awful. He was awful. I like. Oh my god! There's so many times I wanted to just fast forward on my audiobook. I was like, I can't read this guy's like conversation anymore. I yeah. can't do it. It was awful. It was like racist as shit. Um, <laughs> just all the things and Adele yeah. as well, um, yeah. which I think will be interesting to talk about. Anyways, so Queenie was having sex with this guy, and um, they found out that it was Cassandra's boyfriend. And Cassandra was so upset, and she was so upset at Queenie, and just calling her mm-hmm. all of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the typical thing ensues where they lead the the friend, the woman is mad at her girl, and not the dumb guy who's been deceiving both of them. Yeah. Um, I think Cassandra was emotionally abusive. Yeah. Oh yeah. She she was. I mean, because I the thing she was saying to Queenie like. Most of them didn't even have to do with the fact that she was annoyed that she slept mm-hmm. with her man. She was just raining on her. She was just insulting her. She wanted to break her down. She wanted to make her feel as small as possible. Yeah. And I was like, what kind of friend is this? Right. Nah. 
Nah. And then Queenie still felt the need to apologize because obviously Queenie's used to being blamed. Mm-hmm. She's used to being the problem. And yeah, Cassandra was terrible. She's trash. She should have dumped her. Did, did you like that they became friends at like at the end? Mm-mm. I don't have time for that. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Because she didn't even come. This girl did not even come. Queenie had to tell her. Like, have, have, you, have you apologized? Yeah. Have you apologized? What is what's going on here? I don't actually think Cassandra is a good friend to her. Like, she needs to do some work on herself, and then she can come back and be friends with Queenie. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm glad that Queenie realized that. As I guess yes. towards the end of the book, she's like, mm, "This girl doesn't know me. Like, I I know I know who I am at this point, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, she's she's not not a yeah. good friend." Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Shout out to Darcy, though. Good friends. friends. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. But on on a, on a kind of more look, you know, I know it happens, but I wish more, I just, I wish more authors or writers, because it happens in movies, it happens in all of these things, when these kind of situations happen and the girl is also, is mad at her friend, but isn't mad at the guy, I just wish people just stop writing it. I know it. Yeah. I know it happens. Yeah. I just wish people stop writing it because we yeah. almost give validity to to it. We say that it's yep. a valid point of view, and I'm like, yep. no, it's not. It's yep. shitty. It's not. I, I I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, and and then I mean, at some point, Queenie does say, you know, why is she mad at me instead of him, but still, like, okay, like we're tired. Just. No. Write a different reaction. Yes, yes, exactly. Write one where they cut both of them out. Write one where, but just, just, but that one we're um, tired of. Can you imagine how that would be so great? Like, imagine if both Queenie and Cassandra beat Guy out of the house. Wow, yeah. Revolutionary. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. I want to kind of switch a little bit to talk about her family. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I guess like black or I guess in this one like Jamaican families black families uh, was there anything in the family interaction that stood out to you um, you know what I realized I was like man people African people people with African roots we're just the same everywhere man like they're just some yeah. things that just don't change you know still treating your, your grown adults like their children and mm-hmm. like trying to control their lives and, like, deciding what they can and cannot do. It was almost, like, painfully, painfully relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think Queenie's family was just ridiculous. Her grandma, like, her grandma, her grandpa, Maggie, like, they were just a ridiculous bunch. I think her mom was the only, like, level-headed person. Yep. But I was looking like, well, where's the lie, though? Like, this is, you know, like, this, to me, this is normal. Like, that's not dysfunctional, you know? Um, And I kind of appreciated that. I feel like it wasn't written in a dysfunctional light. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, she was even more just celebrating their family dynamic and celebrating Jamaican culture. And I wish I had more context for certain things, but I think she does a good job of saying which things are, like, Jamaican culture Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um. But yeah, I I like that there was quite some emphasis on her support system in in the way of like family members. Yeah, yeah. I was so stressed out by her grandparents or her yeah. grandmother. Yeah. I was like, wow. I know it happens and it's not dysfunctional, but it doesn't make it not stressful. Yeah. 
I was like, what? Like, what do you mean you're waking this woman up in the morning to be cleaning and doing all of these things? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the level of relatable, I don't want to discuss it. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Um, It's crazy. But I was like, okay, so on one level, obviously, they were her support system. But on another level, it almost seemed like they they were not. Yes. And yes. I guess ah. it's a it's a juxtaposition of your support system because obviously no no per, no it can be it can be better but no system really is always perfect it's, as well exactly 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 yeah. so that's what I was I was going to mention that in some ways you know you know like making sure she had eaten or like whatever they were a support system but in other ways you saw I guess all around it boils down to I guess like cultural influences or like how you grew up that will determine where they're going to be able to offer support mm-hmm. and where they're not. Like if we even just look at Queenie trying to go to therapy, like her grandma was like, So you think I don't carry pain mm-hmm. with me as well? Mm-hmm. And I was like, but what does this have to do with you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. This is this like, is the paramount question. It literally has nothing to do with you. No. Also, I'm mother freaking 25 years old. I'm going to go to therapy if I want to go to therapy. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, but that also plays into a whole other conversation about the stigmatization of mental health um, Mm -hmm. in these communities and in these spaces. But I think showing that, you know, writing Queenie going into the therapy regardless is, you know, just Mm -hmm. trying to break down those systems because you can, you're allowed to, like, you're allowed to seek help for yourself if you want to, it doesn't, yeah. Right, and her grandpa, and her grandpa, um, like, eventually saying, like, you know what, like, these generation of kids, like, they're also teaching us things, like, there's so many things that we haven't, like, processed, because we didn't, we don't, like, yeah, so, I I like that, and I I was uh, at something yesterday, I was at a panel discussion yesterday, we're talking about, like, black hair, and um, one of the women in the audience, like, she was a grand, she's a grandma, and she was like, I really, really appreciate this conversation that you're all having here, and she's like, I'm going to back off of my granddaughter, and, like, we were all like, huh? And we, and we never said anything about, like, parents or anything. We were just talking mm-hmm. about our experiences. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she said that. But another woman was also, like, this generation, like, obviously, you're teaching us things that, one, we do because we don't experience it, we have different experiences. And obviously, exactly. like, the, the generational differences are there. And it makes it hard to bridge the gap a lot of times. But we're also learning from you guys as well. Exactly. And I was like, wow, this is what we need more of in our communities. The, the relationship needs to unfold. Because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, we're the ones that would, we're the ones that continue to hurt. Yep. Nobody yep. else. We yep. continue to carry generations and generations of trauma and hurt, mm-hmm. and it continues to affect us. So if we're really thinking about our future, we should be healing. We should be. We yep. should be supporting the healing of each generation. So. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, for you know, let's stop like attempting to silence people based on our own experiences or oh, I dealt with it this way so therefore like you too can deal with it this way like what do you think I did when I was in Jamaica with six kids and no but nobody helping me I don't know somehow you got through it however I'm not trying to get through it the way you got through it and I think it's worth it to have that conversation so I like that they had the conversation mm-hmm. you know and yeah 
And sometimes you've not gotten through it. You think you are, but can you see how you deal with things? Your 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 stuff you need to process. So speak on it. Um, but yeah, I, I really I really and even our relationship with Diana, I thought that was I thought it was a cute like throw in. Like we don't have to talk about it here on the podcast, but I thought it was cute. <laughs> it was, it was. It was. <laughs> little like Diana. Little cousins are so annoying. I have my little cousin is exactly like Diana, and wow, <laughs> wow! Oh my god! <laughs> You're like I feel like I feel like Diana represented the generation of people that's like I'm not even gonna tell you I'm going to therapy. That's your business. Like I'm just gonna go. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're like, how are you so annoying? And you can't do anything to them because, like, you you like them. I'm not even saying you love them because I have to like you to be able to be in the same room as you right now. Yeah. That was my rant. Yeah. Yeah. Sending all my love to my little cousin. <laughs> um, yeah. What else? What else happened in Queenie's family that I think is relevant to talk about? I guess even just her upbringing with her, like with her mom. Oh, with her. Okay, right. Okay. So the way the author even treated this, it makes sense as I forgot. Her mom, you know, the situation with her dad being abusive, um, which for me serves as, uh, I guess, a foundation for understanding her anxiety mm-hmm. and the way she deals with relationships the way she yeah. handles her emotions and things like that mm-hmm. yeah i don't i don't know i don't more could have been done with that storyline so yeah. like i'm even struggling to really get into it because that's kind of how it was in the book it's like oh let me give you an explanation for why queen is behaving like this and back to queenie behaving <laughs> you know mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. true it's true yeah i agree <laughs> I'm like yeah, but I also see maybe now if if I if I think about the lens being Queenie's life or Queenie's thing, then maybe I see why she just kind of doubled in she, it. Mm, but mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I th- I think more could have been done, so I don't doubt that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was. It was. It was great to get the background. I was like, when we got it, I was like, oh, okay, thank you yeah. for sharing this because it makes a lot of sense. Um, I like that they kind of became like they 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 have like a relationship now or they're yeah, working towards her something. Mom, her mom seems I so that was sweet. Cool. Yeah. Okay, question for you: Do you think the explanation of like Queenie's background was a climax of the book for you? Do you think mm. where do you think was a climax of the Ooh, book? That's a good question. Um, I think. It wasn't. It wasn't Queenie. Um, it wasn't her like the explanation. I think it was her going to therapy, or oh. one of those moments, one of those first moments of where she was mm-hmm. talking to her therapist. Mm-hmm. That might have been it for me. Yeah, yeah. I I would say, I would say for me is when she was just. I think that she had a. Where did she have like a breakdown? Yeah. Like she, she couldn't feel her legs or something like that. Like I think she was having a panic attack. And then it triggered then all these other events. So like yeah, yeah. So similar area for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that was what I was trying to remember as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which, by the way, you guys, is like fifty percent into the book, so you don't have to wait for like, it. Like you just gotta keep going. 
gotta keep going. Just keep pushing that. It gets, keep it gets better. It, gets it does. Better. It's somehow worth it. But yeah, yeah, I also liked the... I guess maybe we can talk about that. We're kind of going in and out. But her... Um, just the, like her relationship with her therapist, which I liked. I liked her therapist. <laughs> Janet. She was cool. Janet, she was cool. Um, and and how they grew together, I guess. Or she helped. She helped Queenie grow in an, yeah. in an extent. Yeah. Okay. I really liked her relationship with her therapist, and I loved how like in in juxtaposition with like the medical doctors. Janice just was not dismissive. She mm-hmm. was not trying to like undermine Queenie. She was just definitely not like racist or like problematic. I really, really love how she handled everything and how she even listened to Queenie because there was mm-hmm. a point where Queenie called her out for saying, You can't understand this experience. And she was like, True. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, like, yeah. I actually can't. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can see why she was she was like pivotal for Queenie because that's she sounds like a good therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was reading and I was like, ah, oh, this is what I need. Can Janet be my therapist? Oh, I'll be calling her Janet as well. I don't even Definitely know. Why. I think it's Janet. Yeah, it's Janet. <laughs> um, but you raised a good point, and yeah, I agree with everything you said about about her going therapy. I like even the hesitation that can the author wrote into Queenie going to therapy that Queenie had herself on coming mm-hmm. back uh, mm-hmm. to therapy because from what you see in her her ex- experience at the health clinic the way these me- uh, these health systems interact with black people black women especially is not favorable like there's many stories i was just reading again today about serena williams who almost died giving yeah, birth because giving people birth. don't listen to black mm-hmm. women and sometimes the over sexualization of black women because when queenie went to the health clinic they would over sexualize her and people from people from uh, the african continent yeah. oh people like you are more in this it was the guy from africa was he from africa you know and and I'm African. The explanation is oh, more likely to have HIV. I'm like okay, but if it was any other person that walked in, do you, would you be asking me exactly? Would you be asking them if the person they were sleeping with is from Africa? Um, your ethnic group puts you at risk of being in an abusive relationship. There's there's a lot, and and I and I loved that Candice wrote this in because this is what it's like. It's a cyclical effect because then black people, black women don't trust these systems. But mm-hmm. we, one, we need the we mm-hmm. need we need the service. But two, sometimes it doesn't. It makes them not give us adequate services as service. well. And mm-hmm. it continues to be a cycle. And these are things that sometimes people pay taxes to use. People pay money to to have access to. And and we don't have an equitable, a fair, a non-racist treatment. And I yep. thought it was really good that she put this in. Yep. Yeah, that opener really triggered me, man. After I read the opener, I had to pause. I was like, man, black women really have a hard, like, going to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Like, you could see that Queenie was already on defense. She was already frustrated. And, like, they just did not even make it better. Anyway, yeah. So it was refreshing to see her being able to have access to a completely, like, opposite of that therapist. Mm -hmm. That's just something to fix up, man. Like, wow. Anyways, it's, it's even, yeah. Um, it's too much for this, not too much for this podcast, but just not enough time for this podcast because, wow. Yeah. 
Exactly. Um, oh, there's something else I was going to bring up. I okay, so we didn't talk about this a lot, um, but I kind of liked that Queenie, like the author wrote Queenie to be a sexually active black woman and somebody mm-hmm. that, although yes, her her, her <laughs> maybe her methods and all of these things are questionable because she should be having protected sex, like like don't have unprotected sex, kids, like Queenie, come on, your health, your health is the priority here, um, <laughs> but like somebody that was unashamed in in mm-hmm. in having mm-hmm. sex and and mm-hmm. and the book and the author normalizing that. Not mm-hmm. normalizing her unhealthy habits, but normalizing, mm-hmm. yes, you want to have sex, you're having sex. Yeah. I really like that because... And also, I, I appreciate that while she wrote her like that, then she was like, I'm not just like the object of someone's sexuality. And like, I'm much more than yeah. a walking like, sex object. Actually, yes. you're not that at all. So yeah. <laughs> but, I yeah. like that she also included that I'm going to be free with my sexuality. It does not give you the right to do whatever you want with me. Mm-hmm. Or just see me, you know, as a body, you know. So, I love that. I really yeah. love that. And I think Queenie kind of also critiquing that in herself as well. Like, even mm-hmm. when she was doing all of her things, having conversations with herself, or maybe people that sometimes I can't really remember, where she critiqued it, or she was mm-hmm. processing it, and she still mm-hmm. did what she wanted to do, but there was almost <laughs> a self, there was a self-awareness that she was having mm-hmm. as well, which I yes. loved about Queenie, and, and how yes. they offer real Queenie, because she was, the Queenie was making trash decisions, <laughs> but Queenie ain't no fool, like, she, she knew. No. um okay let me see what else is 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 here into cover um uh sure okay let's quickly talk about gina because i think that's important as well like what do you think of gina do you think gina was a good boss (sighs) gina was annoying because i actually came into this thinking like gina was buddy buddies with the team Mm -hmm. turns out gina is ridiculous she's ridiculous but okay i'm going to give her points though for being observant because i really think queenie was just like going off the rails like she needed some kind of like outwork reading in like this baby was not working yeah <laughs> she's not doing the job that they paid her to do but i don't like the way that gina handled it mm-hmm. because you know she was dismissive of queenie's like wanting to you know write different types of pieces and mm-hmm. like then may you not be able to see how that could lead to her being unmotivated at work mm-hmm. mm, so. dumb, dumb. <laughs> um <laughs> gina gina had zero props like zero props man like everything <laughs> that eventually impacted uh what's her face queenie it all stemmed from it stemmed from Gina. Gina was not listening to Queenie. She was not. She was only imposing things on Queenie and telling Queenie what she wanted. And it was the same thing with this whole Ted situation when Queenie oh, was going to tell her. The fudge off. The, I did not do this thing, and she did not listen until after. Come on. That was very very bad. I was like, wow, Ted gets to keep his job. I can't believe that even after they reinstated Queenie. He was still, he was the still there. Yeah. Like she had to bring proof before mm-hmm. Gina fired him. Mm-hmm. Nah, Gina nah. was all the way trash. Gina was all the way trash, actually. Oh gosh, I could not stand her. I could not stand her. And then eventually she thought she was like she thought she was doing Queenie a favor. Like she told her what like yeah, you can't, No, can't do you know do you know this. do you know since when you, you could have done that? 
She's so dumb. This is what happens with all these bosses. Y'all, y'all stay woke. Sorry. I'm like, y'all just stay woke. That's all I'll say. Nobody, nobody has your best interest better than yourself. So everybody than just yourself. look out, look out for yourself because people switch up. And especially if you work in, in predominantly white spaces and you're a black person, people switch up. It's true. No, it's true. They it's switch true. up. It's true. You have to, you have to stay ready, man. Stay ready. Stay on your guard, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Okay. Okay. So, Tis, is there anything in the book that you wanted to talk about? Um. Is there? What did you think, actually? What did you think about the ending? Oh, you have to remind me. It exactly. I just like it and like it ended with they were at a party and I don't know, Queenie looked at her mom and her mom oh. said my Queenie or something. Oh. I don't know. Maybe me I don't know. You know what? I'm I'm going to maybe reserve my comments on this for a little bit because I actually just finished it and I was mm. like, Oh, it's done. It just seemed lackluster, but maybe that's because the book had already ended, really, and then this was just like some like written just wrapping up obligatory wrapping up of it yeah. that's what it felt like that it just felt like yeah. a, a wrap up i was reading mm-hmm. i was expecting more from the ending as well mm-hmm. um yeah so it felt kind of like meh um yeah. and i was like okay cool whatever yeah yeah, close, yeah, close yeah. the book <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> thanks for yeah, your yeah. time yeah yeah that's true that's true that's true okay that's kind of how i felt too but um no, I mean, yeah, no, not really. Okay. I think I think I think we covered quite a decent amount of it. I think so. If not, pretty much the whole book. Yeah. Sometimes I do like whenever I talk about books and stuff, I always feel like I'm not covering everything. Like I almost yes. want to like cover yes. every piece of it, and. Yeah. I was just thinking to myself right now, being like, wow, we've been talking for an hour about this book. We must have covered, like... We must have covered it. One more, one more do you want to talk about? No, I think we've done a good job of covering. Like, if I was listening to this, I'd feel like we did. After reading the book, I... Well, whatever. You're the one talking about it. Of course you think that you... Yeah, I'm like, okay, so yeah, of course you think you made sense. Dumb, dumb. Okay. We're, we're our target audience. Exactly. I'm dead. This is perfect. Okay, well, I guess if we're not going to cover anything else, thanks for sticking with us. Um, mm-hmm. We want to know what you thought of Queenie. Um, so let us know. Um, on our social media, which I'll plug in a second, but uh, tell us your thoughts about the book, what you what you agree with us, what you disagree, and all of all of the things in between. For wait, before we do our next book, I'm curious, what are you reading right now, Tessa? If you're reading well, anything, actually, I I I'm not reading anything right now, but I probably will be in like a day. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm reading Lagos Noir. Because Tessa is supposed yeah. to be reading this book with me. But I'm reading, I'm currently reading Lagos Noir. Unnecessary. Ed- <laughs> by Chris Abani. Well, Ed- he's the editor of the book and it's a collection of short stories about uh, Lagos at night. Um, 
or nighttime or things like Do that. Do they put in blackness. the blackness? Yeah. At the bottom? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the next book we are reading for the book club to stay connected and follow along with this uh, series is Things Fall Apart by Chinua mm-hmm. Achebe. Um, and we will be covering that one in August. In August. At some point in August. I think mid-August or something. So, mm-hmm. read, write your thoughts down, follow along with us. We are mm-hmm. on Twitter and Instagram at our faith pod. So, that's where you, you can send us messages and all of that good stuff. And that's where you see the giveaway winner as well. And, um, yeah, Tessa, where can people find you? Uh, y'all can find me on Twitter and Instagram at T-I-I-E-S-E. And you can also read my travel blog, sameforprint.com. And you folks can find me on Twitter, MSDSBadmos, M-S-B-A-D-M-O-S. And you can find me on Instagram at Mofi's Book Collection. Yes. And that's it. <laughs> wow. And that's it, guys. Until next time, don't forget to find something to be grateful for. Bye. Bye.